It's Friday. It's a quarter to five. It's Simon Marks' American Week. Eddie, this American Week is a tale of two presidents. So let's kick off with the current one. Last night, operating on my orders, the United States military forces successfully moved a major terrorist threat to the world the global leader of ISIS. President Biden addressing the American people 24 hours ago and announcing that like Donald Trump and Barack Obama before him, he had authorized a military operation to take out an enemy of America. And thanks to the bravery of our troops, this horrible terrorist leader is no more. Our forces carried out the operation with their signature preparation and precision. And I directed the Department of Defense to take every precaution possible to minimize civilian casualties. In a final act of desperate cowardness, he, with no regard to the lives of his own family or others in the building, he chose to blow himself up, not just to the vest, but to blow up that third floor rather than face justice for the crimes he has committed. That explosion that the Americans say took place when the leader of Islamic State, Abu Ibrahim al-Qureshi, detonated his suicide vest was of such intensity that it propelled the corpses of his family out of the building and onto the residential streets beneath it. The White House distributed photographs of President Biden in the Situation Room, flanked by Vice President Kamala Harris as the operation unfolded. It is not coincidental that the pictures look very similar to the ones of Barack Obama and then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton watching the special forces operation to kill Osama bin Laden in 2011, an operation that at the time then Vice President Joe Biden opposed. What does this mean for U.S.? What does this mean for the Islamic State? And what does this mean for Syria? Asked that question yesterday aboard Air Force One, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki also answered an inquiry that had not been been posed. What does it mean for President Biden? Uh, Hajj Abdullah's death delivers a catastrophic blow to ISIS and shows that the United States will take out terrorist threats no matter where they stand to hide in the world, try to hide in the world. Uh, it shows uh, the competence of U.S. leadership, the effectiveness of U.S. leadership, and our ability to keep the American people safe while also standing up for our values at the same time. That focus on the competence of U.S. leadership, an indicator that the White House hopes this successful military operation ordered on Tuesday. Tuesday by President Biden will demonstrate to the American people that in national security terms, he can now be known for more than the botched military withdrawal from Afghanistan last year. There are still questions swirling about this week's operation. Were there any circumstances in which the ISIS leader might have been detained alive? The Pentagon won't say whether this was a capture or kill operation or just a kill one. And about civilian casualties, of which the Pentagon says there were three. Did the US really do everything possible to minimize them? That question was waved off yesterday at the White House and the Department of Defense, where officials say however many casualties there were, they are all the responsibility of Islamic State, not the United States. The United States will soon move additional forces to Romania, Poland, and Germany. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby on Wednesday announcing the president's other big action move of the week. 3,000 U.S. troops are to be deployed on Europe's front lines as tensions mount over Russia's appetite for an invasion of Ukraine. These are not permanent moves. They are moves designed to respond to the current security environment. Moreover, these forces are not going to fight in Ukraine. They're going to ensure the robust defense 
of our NATO allies. But over at the White House, reporters had a question. Why are the deployments taking place now when only last week the president insisted he wouldn't send troops to Europe unless NATO requested them in response to a Russian invasion? There hasn't been a NATO request or a Russian invasion. So Jen Psaki was asked, why has America's calculus changed? I, I wouldn't say the calculus has changed as much as we look at a range of events over the course of time. And there's no question that if you look at President Putin's actions, they have been escalatory, not de-escalatory. But if that's the case, reporters then wondered why is she no longer describing a Russian invasion of Ukraine as imminent? I used that once. I think others have used that once. And then we stopped using it because I think it sent in uh, a message that we weren't intending to send, which was that we knew that President Putin had made a decision. I would say the vast majority of times I've talked about it, we said he could invade at any time. That's true. We still don't know that he's made a decision. Now, by that logic, if I tell the family tonight that dinner is imminent, it means I've just got to give the spuds a couple more minutes to crisp up. But if I tell them dinner could happen at any time, it means I may not even have taken the mints out of the fridge yet. What really appears to be going on here is an effort to rebrand President Biden in the wake of his crashing approval ratings, to usher in a renaissance at the beginning of the second year of his presidency in an effort to persuade Americans that he isn't really the man they think he is. Today, the economy did him a favour. Numbers out this morning show employers adding nearly half a million jobs in January, despite the Omicron surge. While we wait for the next batch of opinion polls to tell us whether the president has stopped the slide in his numbers, it is worth remembering that all of this rebranding stuff is never easy. Just ask comedian Whoopi Goldberg. The Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. It, 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 no, it's it's about a different race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you it's about man's inhumanity to man. Now, you might think all of that hesitation and confusion among her fellow cast members, sorry, I mean panellists on the ABC News programme The View, might have given her a hint that she was swimming in some pretty dicey waters. And let's just pause briefly to remark on the fact that we have all lived long enough now to see Whoopi Goldberg, an actress and comedian, become an employee of one of America's leading broadcast news divisions. It would be a bit like Ant and Deck suddenly becoming employees of ITN. But let's move on to Ms Goldberg's efforts to explain herself on NBC's Late Show with Stephen Colbert, a man, by the way, who owes his fame to pretending to be a journalist on a spoof TV news programme. Have you come to understand that the Nazis saw it as race? Well, because they might, like, well, asking the Nazis, they would say, yes, it's a racial issue. Well, see, this is what's interesting to me, because the Nazis lied. It wasn't. They, they had issues with ethnicity, not with race, because most of the Nazis were white people, and most of the people they were attacking were white people. And that was supposed to be an effort to apologize. It led to Ms. Goldberg's suspension for two weeks by the president of ABC News, who claims that she leads with her conscience. That conscience apparently does not extend to objecting to the fact that she has to manage a program entirely focused on manufacturing American outrage over the day's events. Whoopi Goldberg may regret 
ever abandoning stand-up, or perhaps not, given the fact that she's paid a reported $8 million to sit on the set of The View and say whatever she thinks of next. Which brings us to the master of that particular genre. How do you like my life? You think I, you, you think I have a good time? Actually... I guess there's something going on because I do have a good time because you know what? We've done a great job for America. Former President Donald Trump appearing at a rally last weekend in Texas. If his masterstroke in 2015 was realizing that America was ready for its presidential election to be turned into a reality TV program, his masterstroke in 2022 is understanding that what the country needs is a leader of the opposition. In the American system, there isn't one. Once you're out of office, you're off to the political hinterlands. No former president has before, in the modern era, staked the claim that Trump is making to the leadership of his political party. And last weekend in Texas, he was absolutely road-testing the speech he will make if he runs for the presidency again, and giving his supporters instructions to act before then if he is targeted personally by the numerous investigations underway into his presidency and his business empire. I don't say this often, but here at length is Donald Trump. If these radical, vicious, racist prosecutors do anything wrong or illegal, I hope we are going to have in this country the biggest protest we have ever had in Washington, D.C., in New York, in Atlanta, and elsewhere, because our country and our elections are corrupt. They're corrupt. I'm trying to save the USA, which is in the worst condition and position that I believe it has ever been in. I don't think there's ever been a time where we were so disrespected and laughed at by the world. Our leaders are a joke who have no idea what they're doing. And things are happening now on a military basis around the world that would never have even been thinkable had the election not been rigged. And you end up with a different president. And right now you have a president of the United States who is grossly incompetent. Throughout that 90 minute speech, he utterly conflated the future of the nation with his own personal situation. Prosecutors need to leave him alone. The election was rigged. Young men and women shouldn't be sent to fight in Europe. His supporters who broke the law during last January's insurrection on Capitol Hill shouldn't be locked up. It's all one big steaming cauldron. And he made it clear that if he gets a second term in the White House, he'll use the presidency to settle scores. Together we are standing up against some of the most sinister forces, entrenched interests and vicious opponents our people have ever seen. If I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. There are those who say it's better to ignore him. Why give him airtime? It only boosts his standing in American society. But if Republicans chose their next presidential nominee today, Trump would win in a landslide. He is the major factor on the right in America, completely eclipsing moderates in the Republican Party. Listen to former Republican presidential candidate Senator Mitt Romney, who was asked yesterday how he explains the fact that more than 70% of Republicans 
Republican voters now believe Trump's lie that the 2020 election was stolen. Well, I scratched my head a bit, to tell you the truth, uh, because uh, uh, the the argument that somehow Joe Biden didn't win uh, is uh, not bolstered by any facts. I recognize that uh, members of my party are are listening to sources that uh, uh, continue to tell them that, uh, that that he won the election and perhaps it's sort of a badge of honor to say, yeah, I believe that. But frankly, I think democracy requires people uh, to hear the truth. And it is simply unacceptable for the leader of the free world to be casting doubt on the reliability of elections and democracy itself. He spoke to the Washington Post. Trump, however, has to be careful. Sometimes he isn't extreme enough for his core supporters. In December, he gave an interview to Candace Owens, one of the huge stars here in the world of right-wing media. And they had a bit of a back and forth over COVID-19 vaccines. The vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind. I came up with a vaccine, with three vaccines. Mm. All are very, very good. Came up with three of them in less than nine months. It was supposed to take five to 12 years. And, and yet we more say, people have died under COVID this year, by the way, yeah, under Joe Biden, right. than under you. And more people took the vaccine this year. So people are questioning how... Well, no, the vaccine worked, but yeah. some people aren't taking it. The ones, the ones that get very sick and go to the hospital are the ones that don't take the vaccine. But it's still their choice... And if you take the vaccine, you're protected. Those comments promoting COVID-19 vaccines and even taking credit for them caused outrage among unvaccinated grassroots Trump supporters. So much so that within days, Ms. Owens proffered an explanation. He believes that because he comes from a generation, like people you oftentimes forget like how old Trump is. He comes from a generation. I've seen other people that are older have the exact same perspective. Like they came from a time before TV, before internet, before being able to conduct their independent research, you know, and everything that they read in a newspaper that was pitched to them, like they believed that that was a reality. So I believe that his support of the vaccine is genuine and it's not based in any corruption. People that are saying, how is he ignoring all the people that are being injured? And, you know, people are sending rumble videos and all of these, you know, websites, obscure websites. I believe also that he only reads the mainstream media news. The problem with Grandpa is he doesn't spend enough time surfing the internet. It's amazing where we've arrived. Trump has to dance clever in case he's too moderate for his followers. Biden has to project himself as a tough guy after promising Americans he would bring troops home not deploy them. With all the time she's got on her hands, Whoopi Goldberg could probably develop a stand-up routine about it. Now that, Eddie, might be something worth watching. Simon Marks' American Week, back next Friday at a quarter to five. This is LBC. I'm Eddie Mayer.